No go. No go. No go. Oh, with a 42-yard field goal try on the grass flash. Good snap. The right footed kick is up. And overran it is good. Seattle is one in overtime. 27 to 24. In 70 minutes of football, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Physical game, you know, tough as it gets, and uh, we found a way to win. It is the great good afternoon, everybody. 940 wins. Great year here. Got a big program always for you. Well, not really. Uh, we got Ashley in the studio. We got buddy, our buddy Joe. Uh, fantasy football, Joe Manzola. He's going to talk. And without further ado, last night Seattle did win in cover. If you follow me on Twitter, I gave that out yesterday, and I was preaching Seattle all day long. So sometimes, you know what? Even a blowing squirrel finds an acorn. And we have our lovely uh, Ashley ready to talk more nonsense. Sports Twitter is a world of its own. This is another classic example of think before you tweet. Who is running his account? There's got to be somebody we can blame. I'm Ashley Nicole, and this is Twitter Fingers. Did you guys miss me? It's been a long time. Oh, oh, yeah. We always miss you. You kidding me? You're like a stack of hundreds. You always look good. You always bring so much to the show. Uh, Your Dallas Cowboys another day to rest and regroup and maybe get their uh, program on. Let us hope. Ashley, how are you on a Tuesday? Are you feeling any better that the day after? It's like a bad breakup. <laughs> it's I'm, I'm still kind of recovering, but that game last night definitely helped. That wasn't that was a great game to watch if you were a fan of football. Not even if you're even if you don't like either team. That was a great game to watch as a fan. What just magic that game was! Incredible, Russell Wilson MVP. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, right. just an incredible game. The 49ers, even though they took the loss, I think it says a lot about them as a team that they were even able to bring this into overtime. The defense looked what? great. What they were a six-and-a-half-point favorite. What does it say about them? It says they suck. They're I, home. They're eight, no, they can't beat Seattle? Come on. Let's Seattle go. stacked. See? Yeah, why were they getting six-and-a-half points? They should have won. They were home. They're eight and zero, undefeated, untied. I know the seventy-two Dolphins were popping some champagne. That's last right. Night. <laughs> Mercury Morris. Everybody was still around. Bob Greasy. Come on, Zonka. The, the Niners should not be happy. They were supposed to win. They were home. They definitely Jimmy were G. the favorites. Yeah. Ashley, I love you to death. There's no definitely. They were the favorites. They weren't That's my it. favorites. They were laying six and a half. They were the favorites in Vegas. That's the bottom line. I mean, they should have won. And Jimmy G looked great, but he did not play great. They were no. missing really some didn't. weapons, though. Kittles and oh. Sanders. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. But that's life. You know, in pro football and all sports, there's going to be injuries, and the next guy steps up. Uh, both defenses scored a touchdown, which was huge. Yeah, defense um, on know, both sides look great, I would say. I think the 49ers yeah, have a, a stacked defense. And, I mean, they're 8-1. and one. It's nothing <clears throat> to laugh about. I wish I were 8-1. No. and one. Forget you. <laughs> I mean, I'll take that. Please. You're 0-3 betting against Greek. You get in water if you fell off a boat. I mean, are you kidding me? You're done. You're finished. I know. I told I you just... yesterday. If it was strip poker, you'd be in your birthday suit. You'd be sitting there in the corner. It's tragic. I know. I, I honestly, I just can't. I can't do it. But, I mean, the game, there were, the officiating last night was definitely, um, 
There were some suspect calls, I would say. I wasn't I wasn't a fan of all of them, but I think overall the refs did a pretty decent job with that game. Granted, some other Monday Night Football games and the games on Sunday, I would say that they just dropped the ball plenty of times. I definitely think in the Vikings-Cowboys game, there were definitely a bunch of missed calls, but I would say overall they did go. Everyone on Twitter was pretty pleased with the <laughs> officiating last night, so that's a first. Oh, yeah, we should really go by all the people on Twitter who have nothing to do with their lives right now. They're tweeting things out. Get a life, people. Get a life. I mean, oh, my God. People on Twitter, I think we should be happy if the, the NFL is happy with it or the teams. Uh, another big play at the end in that game was obviously, uh, what's the name's fumble, like at the two-yard line. Hustle by the Niner guy, but that could have changed the whole game, too, where Seattle would have went up more. But what I said yesterday, Ricardo, you can be my witness. And he did it again last night. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. keeps plays alive. He does. Did we not say that yesterday, Ricardo? Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I was. Uh, I thought it was a rhetorical thing. But, yes, <laughs> you were correct. You, you're you on this Russell Wilson bandwagon. You love the guy. You love the way he plays. You love his wife. You love everything about the guy. He's a gamer. I mean, that's exactly. the bottom line. He keeps the play alive in a couple big plays, even last night. And, you know, he rushes for 21 yards. And a lot of times he looks like he's throwing the ball away. I love quarterbacks like that. Aaron Rodgers is the same way. I mean, these guys keep the play alive, and with the new rules today, it gives them a major advantage because eventually the defensive guys do holding. I mean, it's probably the common call in defense in the secondaries next to pass interference. Yeah, and you know, he just—he's a threat. You gotta worry. You gotta worry about him running, and he's not a big guy. The one thing with Russell Wilson too, he doesn't take any head-on hits. Yeah, it always seems like you're—you know. Just you're getting them, but like on a side or on an mm-hmm. angle, and that's probably why he's been playing a long time and he's in great shape. But yeah, I think Seattle was great. Uh, saw my man Gordon, who I love. Yeah, it was uh, nice to see upset. him make an appearance. Yeah, yeah, three good catches. And, yeah, you know, I'm still upset that the Patriots let him go, but uh, I, I thought that was a very good game. Probably the best Monday night game of the year. It was. It uh, was also good to see Russell keep his composure after throwing that interception because that just looked like it was gonna just be a game changer. I mean, he's only thrown one interception the entire <clears throat> season, and the yep. second interception you throw is in overtime. I know Seattle fans everywhere were just like, seriously, that's when you throw the second one. But you saw him go to the sideline. He was upset, you can tell. But the way he kept his composure, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of quarterbacks that don't do that. Tom Brady's definitely one of them that do. He makes a mistake, and you'll never know. He's cool as ice. And Russell Wilson, the same thing last night. He he made that mistake. He trusted his defense to get him the ball back, which he did. He said after yeah. the game was over in his um, post-game interview, he said, you know, I told the guys that mistake's on me, but if you get me the ball back, I promise you I'll win this game for you. And that's what he did, and that's what you want in a leader. That's what you want in a quarterback, someone who takes no accountability doubt. but then, you know, brings you that win, and that's exactly what he did for his team. You know what? Uh, everybody makes mistakes. Last perfect guy died on the cross. So the bottom line is you're going to make mistakes in life. So you get up after you make a mistake and you try to make it better or correct it. And that's what he did. And he even said in that interview, you know me. He goes, I was all positive on the mm-hmm. silence. And he is. And that's what makes certain people in life very successful. They don't harp on their mistakes. Because if you harp on your mistakes, you know what? You're never. The future is not going to be bright. But I think it was a great game. I'm sure the ratings were off the hook. I'm yeah. guessing 20, 22 million. Uh, no Vegas reported yesterday that they had a great Sunday, made big money. The LSU Miami, the LSU Alabama game was the most bet on game wow. of the day uh, for college football. That's great. Uh, a lot of games in the NFL on Sunday, but uh, Vegas was reporting that. There was a- actually you got. An- 
There was a there was a little bit of a scandal with the Seattle San Francisco game though during during the coin toss. People are saying yeah, okay. people want to know what did Geno Smith actually say. It doesn't matter. Silver, silver dollar. That's the heads. That's the tail. Seattle, what's your call? Your call is heads. Geno Smith makes the call. It is a head. You won the toss. You want the ball? Which way you want? People are saying he said tails, but the ref heard He's- heads. What'd you think? Iron heads. But it doesn't matter. I got a San Fran friend who texted me this morning, one of my buddies. I go, it didn't matter because they didn't go down and score. If they went down and score, it would be an issue. You lost. Just suck it up. That's the bottom line. (laughs) But it makes no sense. If Seattle goes down and scores a touchdown, then the game's over. Mm -hmm. In the playoff format in the NFL, if you get a field goal, the 49ers get a chance to get a field goal also. The Seattle didn't score. San Fran didn't score. So nobody scored. So what the hell does it matter? Well, we should be getting these calls right. That's the thing. If you're standing, if this is going to happen, maybe it didn't affect this game, but it could affect any other game if we don't get these things right. I think they should be changing the names from heads to tails. And Ashley brought up a good point, like or banana. I said earlier, yeah, right. banana and xylophone, <laughs> like things that yeah. you cannot confuse because he's a country boy. <laughs> it sounds like heads could sound like tails. Figures Ashley would say, what was it? Banana. It was and banana and xylophone. <laughs> Harmonica? What was that issue? <laughs> so what's going on with the Heat and the Miami Heat going on? They're trying to stay perfect at home tonight. Is our boy, uh, he got suspended for 10 games playing, uh, eating some gummy bears. Yeah. Is he done with the Heat? I, I don't know. What this, I really don't know. I mean, nobody wants to pay that ta- that price tag on him. So I really think the Heat are just kind of stuck with him. And then, you know, we were talking about earlier, Ricardo and I, Jimmy Butler suffered a concussion. He was oh, having some Justice headaches. Winslow. Justice, Justice Winslow. Winslow. I'm sorry. Justice Winslow was having had a concussion, oh. so he's suffering some issues. And he's kind of been in and out the whole season. He had a back injury, some back pain that he sat out one game for. Then he had a headache the other game, or a stomach ache, I think it was. Now it's a situation with his head. So I think he's already missed three games, This and the season just started. Deion Waiters is gone, so you're down two people. So the Heat have some issues going on. But again, they're playing, I think, the Detroit Pistons tonight. Right. So yes. I, I think it should be relatively an easy win. But, you Ooh. know, anything's possible, especially yeah. when you're missing some key players. Well, they do have Blake Griffin. They have him back. So, that is And true. also we have Tyler Tyler Hero is going to be questionable tonight, as well as Derek Jones, um, as well as, um, I'm sorry, James Johnson. He'll also be questionable. So we'll be missing a few key pieces for us. Uh, but I still like us to win this game. I think the... The overrun, I mean, the um, the spread is at seven and a half. We're favored. Uh, I don't know if we can cover that, though. That's a lot. Yeah, and uh, Hero's 20 years old. What the hell's wrong with him? <laughs> Five games in. I mean, really, what's his problem? He can't show up? Come on, bro. He's got an ankle hey, issue. On. Oh, come on. Suit up and play. Drop in 25. I don't want to be your ankle issues. You're 20 years old. It's your time to play. <laughs> that is true. That body should be healing like that. Snapback yeah. should be crazy. Get some gummy bears and let's do it. <laughs> let's get out there and win. Well, yeah, the Heat are screwed. They're, they're not going to be able to get just trade him. Uh, they're going to have to eat a lot of that contract. Yeah. That's the bottom line. If they want somebody to take him. And I don't think anybody's going to want him. No. Because, again, the, the Heat are suspended him. It's the second time. So, right away, you're like, he's okay player. He's overpriced. And he's a head case. Mm-hmm. Mm. Not great. I mean, that's like uh, dating a married girl with kids and she doesn't get child support. Not a great thing. <laughs> well, there's a lot of other injuries going around the um, NBA. Gordon Hayward is out. He um, He's going to be out six weeks after he had surgery to repair his metacarpal bone in his left hand. And he already yeah, missed... Yeah, and he missed the 2017 season, if you remember, the first game. Oh, yeah. I think terrible. it was a compound fracture. And it was then, late. It was terrible. 
2018, he came back, and he didn't really have that great of a season. He only averaged 11 points, and he's a big part of Boston's offense. I mean, they ha- they played the Mavericks, and um, Jalen Brown and Walker were able to put up 29 points. But during the part where Gordon Haywood really would be a key point in that offense, they really struggled against Dallas. So it's going to be interesting how they move forward these next six weeks because everyone keeps talking about how good Boston is and how good they're supposed to be in the entirety of the season. So it'll be interesting how they adjust. Yeah, I think when they uh, Kyrie left, it opened up a good situation for them. Obviously, they didn't all get along. Uh, Haywood against Hurt should have signed with the Heat two years ago uh, when he screwed us because he was supposed to be on a Miami Heater, and then all of a sudden he went up to Boston and signed with them, which was never good. We don't like to be disrespected down here in Miami. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the Celtics are playing well. They won like seven games in a row. I think Walker's a great, great guard, and his energy is unbelievable. His first step off the ball is so quick. But without Haywood, it's, it's going to hurt him. I mean, it really is. I think. And what are they projecting Zion to come back? Zion should be back w- by, I think, January, they were expecting. Wow. So hopefully um, that timetable stays true because I think that the Pelicans can really use him. They say that if, he's, if, his pro- if he progresses, they, he may actually come back in December. So fingers crossed for that because I think everyone's kind of itching to see Zion play. I mean, he was the of course. the the stud of the draft. So it's kind of everyone's anxious to see it. But again, you don't want to rush somebody coming back too soon and then yeah. something else, a Kevin Durant situation happens. So you kind of want to give him time to heal. No, definitely. I mean, and he's a, he's a big star. I mean, everybody's counting on him in New Orleans. There's no doubt about it. You want to rush him back. But it sucks that he started, you know, on the – you know, he's not playing and everything like that. People are saying stuff about his weight and he's got to lose some weight. Um, whether or not he has to, we'll see when he gets around the NBA. But it's tough when you start right in the beginning and you're out, you know, a good two months. And some of these injuries are long, you know, yeah. six weeks, eight weeks. They're, they're long times. I mean, it's not like missing three or four games. So it's, it's tough for these guys to get back into the rhythm. I think Zion's going to be awesome in the lane. Uh, his outside shot was never great. His defense is good. Uh, but, I mean, he's a rookie, so you I, don't know how much you can count on him. I definitely think, though, he does need to lose some weight. I said that even when he played at Duke, if he was going to be yeah. in the NBA. His, everyone wants to say, well, LeBron was a big boy, but LeBron was, like, all muscle. He's, like, yes, I think, yeah. like, 5% body fat, if cut. that. Like, it was a completely different build. And Zion, when you see him play, even when you saw him in the summer league, if you watched him play the few games that he played, he just does not have an NBA build. And I think that's going to be a big factor in helping him play a long career is he's going to have to put on more muscle, less fat. And also that's going to help him with his knee situation. He's not in college. It's not like you're playing college kids anymore. You're playing guys who all they do is train, eat, sleep, drink yep. basketball have the top nutritionist it's not you know student eating anymore now you guys gotta you gotta step your game up and he definitely needs to drop some weight yeah uh davis said that to him the ex-boston celtic uh he said he got out of the league a little bit earlier than he wanted because he couldn't control the weight uh everybody's different everybody's body's different i mean the people are expecting the world from him uh he did very good in preseason uh the couple games that he did play but it's going to be a situation where I'm sure they're going to monitor him and see how he does. If he's, uh, you know, and you don't want to be a guy, especially when you first start out, that uh, gets like the injury bug, you know, in, you know, 20 games and out five and then in 15, out three, uh, you know, they're going to have to watch that. I think he's going to be a very good player. I don't know if he's going to match expectations like everybody wants, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's the bottom line. It just sucks that he's already on the DL. Starting yeah. from the beginning. And your New York Knicks, I mean, they got problems. There's a, a, Whether or not do you think uh, the coach lasts for the week? 
I hope he does because I just feel like this. You uh, and I said this yesterday. You can't expect a coach to coach players he does not have. We give mm-hmm. him this team that is just totally mismanaged. We have just people who just can't. We only have, I would say, two good players on that team. We have R.J. Barrett, who obviously came out of the draft. And I would say that we have the kid who used to play for Miami. You know, he um, is pretty decent. Everybody else, I feel like, yes, everybody else, I feel like, is just needs. we just need to get rid of them. We need to start from scratch. I don't know who in the front office is making these decisions. I I don't think it's James Dolan. I don't think he has any say in who we put on the team. Maybe that's just an, you know, uh, hopeful ideology that I have I think the only thing he really had saying was not signing Kevin Durant which ultimately was a good call you know he can't play Kevin Durant and by the time he's able to rehab and and get back to you know playing games he's gonna be like what 35 years old he's not a spring chicken so I don't think you give somebody that all that money who's not a young guy anymore and who is facing an injury because nobody ever comes back from that injury the same Nobody. I don't care if you are the Hulk. Yep. It just does not happen. You can't move the same. Your jump shot's never the same. You can't run the same. So I think that was a good call on the Knicks. I'm not going to fault them for that. But the team that we have here is just not the team. And you're expecting a coach to make miracles out of something that I don't even think Phil Jackson himself can make this team win. It's just not a good basketball team. I agree 100%. I thought it was bad yesterday. They had that press conference. I know it was the brass, but they didn't have the coach there. Uh, yeah. You know, that's not a great look. It really isn't. As a coach, you know, he was down here. Uh, I know a couple of people who knew him. They said he's a sweetheart guy with the heat for years. You know, and to me, you know, when you're not at that press conference, you got to feel bad. I mean, the whole world, you know, is blowing you up and saying, hey, what's going on? Are you out? Why are you not mm-hmm. here? Uh, you're the head coach of the team. Uh, and it seems to me like they're already setting up to get rid of him. And they're going to make him the escape goal, like a lot of organizations do. Um, if he was in the future plans, I I think he would be on that podium yesterday, uh, Monday when they ended up meeting. But uh, that's not a great sign, I don't think, for him. I think he's a very good coach, but not a great sign. It is the Greek Zone. It is Tuesday afternoon. Always doing what we do best, talk sports, talk gambling. Focus on that's the only thing they will see. And if we do make the playoffs, I don't think it has anything to do with Jason Garrett. I think it has to do with the team. I think it has to do with Dak. I think it has to do with um, Kellen Moore. I don't think that that success is going to be on Jason Garrett, but it's not going to make a difference to Jerry Jones. He will be here next season if we make the playoffs. And if we don't make the playoffs, I feel like he still will be here next season. I cannot get rid of him, and I don't know what to do. All right, there it is, Ashley Nicole. Ashley, where can these uh, people hear you uh, if they didn't consume you enough on the Greek Zone, which you dominate when you're on? Make sure you guys, if you're fans of hip-hop, listen to 103.5 The Beat, and make sure you guys are following 940 Wins on Twitter and Instagram. All right, Ashley, have a great afternoon. It is the Greek Zone. We'll be back in a few minutes. 866-801-0940. That's the number to call to get involved in the show. Everybody's welcome. Peace. It is a great good afternoon. It is a Tuesday, 940 wins. Glad you guys are listening. We do appreciate it uh, every Tuesday and sometimes Thursday. But every Tuesday we do fantasy football. <laughs> we have an expert. We brought him in. Uh, we like this guy. He knows what he's talking about. He does his research. He always comes prepared. 
Without further ado, we're going to hand this program over to a good man, a Cleveland Brown fan who's probably happy this week because uh, he was talking smack for like 10 weeks. Eventually, he had to get it right. Good afternoon. We want to welcome to the Greek Zoom, uh, Joe. Missoula. Missoula, our fantasy <laughs> football expert. Joe, what's happening, buddy? How Not are you? Not too much, man. Good to be here. Good oh, to be here. Good to be here. And yes, I, sir. A lot of, I, I've been seeing more and more fantasy points and different numbers. And again, I don't play fantasy football, but bringing you on the program, I have been a little interested in different things. Uh, you know, I hear O.J. Simpson all the time on his Twitter. My buddy always plays it. He cracks me up. Last night was something else. <laughs> yeah, that's OJ. Uh, but there was a lot of guys that scored a lot of points. And what you've made clear from the time you've been on the Greek zone was that it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Uh, there are points that could be made with defenses, offensive players, uh, scrub time, you know, garbage time could make the money ring, right? Yeah, there's, I mean, win or lose, there's always fantasy points to be had. And fantasy football is fantasy football. It is not the real thing. That's so, the bottom line. That is the bottom line. So we're going to start week 10, some winners. And uh, Joe's going to break it down of who he had, who he liked, and who made the registering for you in the NFL. Well, you know, week 10 was very, very interesting. There's, you know, some storylines that have been taking shape as the year's going on. And I, I don't think we can start the program without talking about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, this guy's just been unbelievable. He's making a strong surge for the MVP race. Yeah. And, I mean, as it is right now, it's – it's realistically, it's him, it's Russell Wilson, and then maybe if Deshaun Watson can finish strong, he can creep back in there right now, but it's a two-man race right now. And what about my boy? You think it's... Uh, uh, <laughs> for, for the, it's just it's so hard for a running back to win the MVP. It is. You know, for fantasy football, yeah, Christian McCaffrey's in the conversation, yeah. you know, but... I mean, as you can see, it's a, that team can go as long as Kyle Allen, like as far as he allows them to go yeah. in terms of real football. It's, yeah, it's still going to come game. down to that. Yeah, he, right. So they're protecting him. They're not putting too much on his plate. They're giving him simple reads and just letting his athleticism take over. It's really, it's, it's what you should do with a young quarterback, and hats off to them. Yeah, and their defense is good, too. Very good. Very good. Well, it, improving. It's not, it's not quite what it was last year, but... Under the radar, the trade for Marcus Peters has been great. Oh, yeah. He's got a couple pick sixes in just a few weeks he's been there. And he's yeah. really, he's, you know, he's, he's spurned a, a, a change, a positive change for that back seven. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a good team. I mean, they could really, uh, I, they beat the Patriots once, they could beat the Patriots again. Yep. I mean, the bottom line for the Patriots, uh, and this is the one thing I think they realize it and they know it. Uh, they're not going to have a hard time, obviously, winning their division. They want that first round bye that they always get, that one playoff game that they usually blow out in, like last year San Diego, and then they're in the AFC Championship. Yep. I mean, they've been in eight AFC Championships in a row. It's sick. It's staggering. It's, and people don't give him enough credit. They no. just don't, just like me here and I heard, get taken advantage of. What else you got, that. Joe? I believe that. Well, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, Pat Mahomes came back. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes, even in a losing effort because the Chiefs did lose, but if you're if you're a fantasy owner and Mahomes is your quarterback, you'll take 446 passing yards and three touchdowns all day long. And that's not a bad Tennessee defense. No. I mean, they, they they won the game, clearly. Like, that, that team can play. Yep. Ryan Tannehill's done a wonderful job. I want to ask Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about Tannehill because uh, Mariota. I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. He, no. They might get rid of him. He's on, you know, or does he come back? They'll see if they trade him. But right now, Tannehill is playing well, and he he's got to be scoring some points, right? He, you know, yeah, he is. I mean, he's not he's not setting the world on fire, but he's he's playing smart football. He threw for just under two hundred yards and a couple touchdowns, but his feet are still an issue. He can still move around on. He got almost forty yards rushing. So I mean, that's four points in fantasy football right there. It's 
you know, he's 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 good and he's playing well. He's playing within himself, within the system. And word on the street is that the Tennessee coaches wanted to start him far earlier in the season. Wow. But the front office wasn't ready to close the book on Marcus Mariota just yet. Because you remember, he was the second pick back in 2015. Yeah, he's uh, looks like he's done. Yeah. In Tennessee. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, rightfully, he should be, you know, at this point. It's going to be better for the organization and for the kid to just get a fresh start somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Less expectations. He doesn't have the contract and the draft status and everything bogging him down. Let him clear his mind, get in a new system, and hopefully a coach can take advantage. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't end up in Miami. (laughs) Who else made the list yesterday? Well, how about Saquon Barkley? Is he still injured? Because 13 (laughs) carries for one yard is just, I mean. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, that's just just on pure physical talent alone. And I know that the Giants aren't particularly strong up front. And the Jets have been struggling, but I Terrible. That one, that, yeah, that makes no sense to me. Didn't That's Sam Darnold right. outrun him? Yeah. <laughs> Sam Darnold did. did. He did. <laughs> and Darnold was yelling that from the sidelines. I'm yeah. outrunning you. Well, and that's Go the get thing, some Campbell too. soup. It's, you know, uh, Daniel Jones lit it up. He threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. So was yeah. it was it that the Jets just completely sold out to stop Saquon and then gave up all the you know points in the passing game? Or... You know, is there is there still something there? Because I, I refuse to believe 100% Saquon Barkley can be held to 13, or I'm sorry, to one yard on 13 carries. I agree with you 100%. It's just crazy to me. And if that's the case, and, you know, the Giants are where they are in this two-win season, it, it shut them down for at least a few more weeks. Let them get healthy. Yeah, that's what they're saying, you're speculation. Gonna, yeah, you're going to, you know, tear the tires off this kid way too early. It's completely unnecessary. That division's done. It's Philly or Dallas. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. Washington sucks. The Giants are terrible. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. I mean, it. You know, it, it is what it is, and there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. Both teams are in a rebuilding process and going through a different phase. You know, but it's definitely a, a two horse race in uh, the NFC uh, East for sure. Well, so uh, lit it up, Joe. We're talking to Joe, our fantasy football expert, comes on the show every Tuesdays, spends an hour with us, and breaks it down. Dalvin Cook continued just his phenomenal season. He had 97 rushing yards. He had 80 uh, receiving yards, with seven catches, and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook's just been out of this world. He's yeah. been so good. And Dallas, Dallas is a good team. Dallas catches a lot of flack top to bottom, whether it's Dak or Zeke or the coaching staff. They've got a good defense. They're a good team. And Minnesota came in and won a big game on the road. Yeah, and they played well. a huge win for Kirk Cousins because that's uh, something that he hasn't done yet. No, and the thing with Cousins, that rollout gave Dallas problems all Sunday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fake and the roll. Fake and the roll. Fake and the roll. Check, check, check. Do it until they stop it. And yeah. they weren't stopping it. And, you know, Cousins, he's not a statue. No. He's got good feet. He yeah. can move around. He can make plays on the run. Yeah. It's an underrated part of his game. And it's good to see that Kevin Stefanski can take advantage of it. Yeah, the Vikings definitely, it was a big game for them. Uh, you know, Dallas at the last end of the game, they had a chance to throw the flea, for, you know, the bomb, Hail Mary. But uh, they're still missing something, that team. They have a lot of talent. And for whatever reason, even when they're home, they get off to slow starts. Well, yes and no. You know, it's 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 so hard to not just, like, pound the table and make a declaration after every game because emotionally that's what you want to do in the NFL. But the bottom line is the – Six and three, or they're six and four now, or Dallas? Is five and four. Five and four. Yeah. So they were five and three going into the game, and Minnesota's six and three. Mm-hmm. That's an even game. Those are two good teams that are built similarly. Uh, I think Minnesota's six and two. Uh, Ricardo could check. I think Minnesota's got two losses, and the Packers have one. Okay. I'm not 100%. Uh, I know Ricardo's got a question for you, Joe. Yes, sir. Yeah, Joe. So I was looking at, um, you know, I have Michael Thomas on my team, and of course, he's one of the studs, a wide receiver. He actually just set a record for fastest. To 400 receptions, even though the Saints did terrible 
last week. Michael Thomas is he still... He did not, though. He was a monster. Right. I think he had 13, yeah. 13 catches with 14 uh, targets. Yeah, that guy is a monster. He should yeah. be considered a... I know he is considered a top echelon, but when I hear people talk about the top wide receivers, I don't always hear his name. You know, it's 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 an interesting thing because he doesn't he doesn't really blow you away with his run after the catch stuff. He's not a guy that's going to stretch the field and you know crush you on a ninety yard you know take a ninety yard slant to the house like Odell or Julio can you know when things are right in their world so to speak. But I think he's the most consistent wide receiver in the NFL. Him and uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and if you pair him with Drew Brees and his precision passing I mean it's you know it's it's taking candy from a baby against these defenses it's just they they they, they can he can he can open himself up with his out with his route running he has fantastic hands he's a big-bodied kid and he's a hard worker and he's a smart football player I mean if he's not the most explosive wide receiver in the NFL he's the most consistent and for fantasy football you can make a strong case that he's wide receiver one absolutely but I don't know how long Drew Brees is going to be Drew Brees. Right. That's the only question with him moving forward. But for this season, to me, he's wide receiver one. Uh, Packers are eight and two, and the Vikings are seven and three for okay. this season. Okay. So yeah, so it was it was six and three versus five and three going into that game. Yeah. Which I mean, you you want to win that. You're at home if you're the Dallas sure. Cowboys, but you lost a nail biter to a good team. There's yeah. you know no reason to fire the coach and you know bench this guy bench that guy it's you know it's it's a, a good team loss to a good team you know, it is but I think with Dallas is that there's certain situations with them that they do start slow uh, even that game Minnesota's up seven nothing bang you're home yep. I mean you turn around then you're playing upfield all game you change a lot of times your game plan uh, some people felt they went with Elliott too much uh, at the end of the game that drive you know two quick runs to Elliott. Um, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, they're a team. The expectations are so high because it's the Dallas Cowboys. But, the, I mean, that's that's what you have to be objective about, though, is the expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's the Dallas Cowboys doesn't mean they're above just the normal rules of football. Anything can happen in football any given no. Sunday. Oh, when you course. got two good football teams, it can go either way. No, there's no doubt about it. But as a fan, you don't want to hear that. No, you know, you expect not. Dallas Cowboys, we're going to win, we're home, yada, yada. You know, Elliot, we got a good team. Cousins and the Vikings have not really played well in primetime spots. Yeah. So it went against a lot of tradition. No, of course, of course. But you can always play devil's advocate. If a play doesn't work, it's a terrible play. And if it works, it's a brilliant call. It's kind of a it's kind of a messed up way to judge these coaches. No, I agree. That, you know, at the end of the day, you got a right tackle that misses a block, and it could be a great play, but it gets blown up from a spot that's not even technically involved. Yeah, I mean, every single game, every single play, there's always so much stuff going in that comes to the end result. A lot of sports fans don't feel it, don't see it, don't really what happened. They don't know. They know the bottom line of the score. The box score. That's, That's it. it. I mean, yep. just like last night, Seattle wins, and, uh, you know, that was the bottom line. Yep. But could the Niners have won? Yes. Niners had a chance to win that game. They did. Uh, the Niners, to me, Jimmy G did not play great. No. He played okay. You got to protect the football. Yeah. Especially yep. when you got that defense and that running game. Don't don't kill the team. That's yeah. your number one job as a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. You know. uh, he seemed to little, be a little bit off on his passes. His receivers dropped a lot of balls though too. Yeah, a lot uh, of especially deflections. that uh, Kendrick Bourne made a couple nice plays, but he had a couple bad drops too. Yeah, that really really stuck it to that offense. And losing Emmanuel Sanders hurt. Having no George Kittle was brutal. You know, in San Francisco, still they still should have won that game. Yeah, they should have. Oh yeah, they that field goal kicker. I mean, that's the life of a field goal kicker. Two minutes before that, ten minutes before he's out in Illinois, he hasn't played. Right, it he, was like the best story of the year. Yeah, he made the field the street, goal. Drilled, drilled two huge field goals. Yeah, and the one at the end of the regulation to push it to OT it was 
It's brutal. And that's it. Just yep. like that. You're yep. done. It is the Greek. It is Joe. It is fantasy football on the Greek zone. 866-801-0940. If you got a question for Joe, we'd love to hear it. We'll be back in a few minutes. Talk some more fantasy football when we get back. Peace. It is Greek. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Greek Zone, 866-801-0940. Hope you woke up this morning with Jeff DeForest and Mike Luby. Love that show. 6 to 10 every day. They kick it off. Fridays, they are at Golfstream at the Breezeway Bar. And don't forget, we are home of the Florida Gators. This week, 12 o'clock is the kickoff and 9 o'clock is the pregame. Make sure you check it out. They're playing Missouri. Gators got to keep winning to try to get a big bowl game. Right now, we're going to come back to our man, Joe. Mazzullo. Mazzullo, the fantasy football expert. Ricardo's in the studio. <laughs> if you want to take calls, 866-801-0940. Where are we going now, Joe? Uh, we're just going to go over some of the top performers uh, from this past Sunday. Individual position, guys. Uh, going over the top quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. And cool. Stuff like that. And uh, Lamar Jackson was your number one quarterback. Uh, and it was his second matchup with the Bengals and the second time he absolutely destroyed the Bengals. That team is just bad, yeah. and it is just built to give up points to Baltimore. And they responded with, I think, 49 points they scored. He oh, had three, they uh, Yeah, he had three touchdowns passing, the one 50-yarder running the ball where he just kind of pogo stick through the whole thing. Um, Daniel Jones for the New York Giants. Rookie Daniel Jones was your number two uh, passer on Sunday with a 300-yard game, four touchdowns against the Jets, and a losing effort, obviously, but still a great sign for Daniel Jones. Patty Mahomes came back, had the big 446 and three touchdowns. Kyler Murray. Now, I, I highlighted the the matchup with the Cardinals and the Bucks last week because it's two not-so-great defenses yeah. and two powerful offenses. And you said that's the over. I did. I did. And, you know, Jameis didn't, uh, Jameis didn't really come to play as I thought he would. Yeah. He was a little sloppy, especially early. It was an ugly game early. Yeah, 10-7. Yeah, the second half they really kind of exploded offensively a little bit. But yeah. Kyler Murray had another 300-yard game, three touchdowns, ran for 38 yards. I'll tell you what, I, I don't know that that kid could thrive in any system in the NFL, but in the fit that he has in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, man, he's pretty tough. He really is. The arrow's pointing up with him. You think so? Uh, yeah. I, just a week before, he, he he played as well as anybody had against the 49ers defense. I just know? think back there he looks so, I don't know, unsure of himself a lot of times. Yeah, and yeah. I know he's young. But, and he's he's tiny. Yeah, he's tiny out there. It's tough to get over that. It really is. He yeah. looks like a kid, right? Yeah. You know, and I mean, he's not. He's obviously, if like you see him on the street, he's going to be a big dude. But yeah. he, you know, with all those mountains out there, he looks like a Smurf. Yeah. And uh, then, could they ever put him in a system where uh, they push him even farther back? I mean, they try now. I mean, he seems deep a couple times yeah. when well, he's passing. He's yeah, got a great yeah, arm. Yeah, he he does. He does. And they definitely. I mean, but they're smart to put him back because that offensive line is a revolving door for the most part. Yeah. Like they don't they don't give him a lot of protection. They got to do a lot of moving pocket stuff. And like you said, I mean, he's he's back seven, eight, nine yards behind the ball. You never see that. No, no, it's he's usually back a wrong. three to five step drop, yeah. seven step drop. If you're crazy, yeah. Like that's like old school NFL is the seven step and yeah, he's back far. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Derek Henry for the uh, Titans ran roughshod over the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have been giving up a ton of yards on the ground all year long. The difference is their offense usually puts the game so far out of place that you got to throw the ball to catch up. But Tennessee was able to keep it close, and Derrick Henry had a buck eighty-eight and a couple touchdowns. He's a stud. He's 
Oh, man, he's good. He's, he's awesome. real good. And he runs downhill. He yeah. He's a big guy, and he's fast. Oh, yeah. Roll I mean, Heisman Trophy winner. 6'2", 245 pounds, and he runs a 4'4". That's, yeah. like that's like a small car. That's yeah, obnoxious. Yeah. yeah, he is fast, and he can really knock you down. And the thing with him is, you know, you could maintain him throughout a game. And then all of a sudden, it's like third quarter, eight minutes left, third and two, boom, he goes 60 yep. yards. Like, yeah. what the hell just happened? When you're that big and you wear a defense down, but you have home run speed, that's just, it's tough to defend. Yeah. Especially for four quarters, like you're saying. Yeah. Very tough. But Go uh, going to uh, Dalvin Cook, monster game we talked about. Aaron yep. Jones, monster game. Christian McCaffrey, monster game. The uh, Ronald Jones, a little bit of uh, about a three-week surge from him. The last three weeks in Tampa, he's, he's, he's getting opportunities and he's making things happen. He only had 30 yards rushing, but he had eight catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. And with the way Tampa throws the ball, if he can carve a little niche as they're receiving back, he's going to be fantasy relevant for a long time. Yeah. As long as Arians is there. And, you know, Jameis Winston, it's, it's, it's tough with him because the turnovers are an issue, but you can't ignore the production no you can't it's just but it's it's so hard it's like you live by the sword you die by the sword he's a little like fitz he was when yeah. he was with tampa but, I mean, but you know, he's got the arm talent yeah though. yeah i mean That's, you know uh, he's gonna throw 350 400 yards but then i mean he might throw three picks uh you know he makes plays or passes that you're like what the hell's going on yep uh but winston, he, did, he did it a few times sunday still yeah it's, winston's just not in control. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny because you always hear when's the light gonna go on for him but you have is does he have a light is yeah. there a light it's, I don't know. It's not that it's not going on. It, there might not be a light there. That just might be how he's wired. Yeah, he's not consistent. That's the bottom line yeah. at the level he's at. Uh, we got a question for you from Ricardo. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, I was going to ask you, Joe, just about your boy uh, playing for the Browns, Kareem Hunt. He had himself a pretty yes, good sir. game um, over the weekend. He had a few catches. I think it was like seven. Um, and uh, he had a few runs over here. No more than like 30 yards on the ground. Um, do you think that he might be a good uh, RB3 or maybe a flex to be playing in the upcoming weeks? You know, last week I would have told you no. I would have told you kind of slow play it. Yeah, see how that's what you told me. How, <laughs> yeah, see how they see how they use him, see how they utilize him, see what kind of reps he gets, and everything like that. But most importantly, I mean, he hadn't played in a year. You gotta you gotta see you gotta see what he's capable of. You gotta see how sure. fresh his legs are. You yep. gotta see how sharp he is. I was blown away with how tough, energetic, and just feisty he was. Well, you know, he's got to be chomping at the bit. Chomping he, at the he bit. He wants to chomping play. Chomping at the bit. He's he hasn't a Cleveland played. kid. He, you know, he's talking all after the game about how it's always been a dream to wear the uniform and yada, 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 which I know nobody outside of Cleveland would understand. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm talking like as a lead blocker, he was ripping things up and opening up lanes for Nick Chubb, and then Chubb was blocking for him. Freddie Kitchens has plenty of blemishes and has plenty of issues within how he runs that team and that team is you know it's it's a whole different ball of wax as it is but kareem hunt is a damn good football player and he's definitely going to get his reps he's definitely going to get targets in the passing game he's going to get carries in the running game and the problem that he and nick chubb present is something that you really can't game plan for yeah you can game plan for one really good running back but I, you can make the argument that the browns have two top five if not at least top 10 running backs on their roster right now yeah yeah the problem I mean, with the browns i think last week and they ended up getting a w was they must have had 35 chances from inside the five, and, and they couldn't score. And there is there is a very good reason for that. Number one, they ran three plays to Odell. They isolated Odell down at the goal line and ran three plays. He got two penalties, and then the last play, the Tredavious White, who's one of the better corners in the league, made a hell of a play and just poked the ball right out. But they're going to Odell, and then for their offensive line, 
they might have the worst offensive tackle tandem in the NFL. It's at least bottom five. Both guys have been benched already this year. I made the reference earlier about a revolving door, but I mean, it's, you know, these guys throw Ole blocks all the time. And Baker Mayfield, if he doesn't get the ball out quick, he's, he's looking to run because these guys are coming. Yeah, there's so, no good protection. Exactly. And it has in every game. Well, and that's the thing. When when the Browns, the Browns have some very nice uh, skill position guys. Yeah. And they've got some guys that can get it in the end zone. But when the field shrinks and you've only got to go two, three yards, you can stack the box and you can just you can hammer Odell and foul Odell if they try to throw it. And if they run, you just pin your ears back and overwhelm the line. It's well, the, a tough position to be in. The skill position, skill position that the Browns have is what made everybody think that they're going to win. Yeah, and win and win. Now you did say a couple weeks ago uh, the Browns have a second half that's easy, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of games that are winnable. Uh, last week was a game that they could have lost. Yeah, I mean it was right there. Him and Buffalo back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I mean, back. but Buffalo's Buffalo was six and two at the time. Yeah, you know, and the two and that six was a good Browns, win. Yeah, that's a that's a great win, and it looks even better if you take care of business the week before and you beat Denver, a Denver team that you should beat. Yeah, you know. Now who does uh, the Browns have next? Uh, we've got uh, Pittsburgh Thursday night. Oh, that's gonna be a tough game. It yeah. is a tough game, and and Pittsburgh's defense has just great. been phenomenal. Yeah, but and, the Pittsburgh defense, like nobody really realizes it, they have studs. Dupree, Dupree is a stud. T.J. Watt is yeah, a stud. stud. Uh, Cameron Haywood is a monster. Minka Fitzpatrick. I I roasted the Steelers when they made that trade. <laughs> yep. I I it was a what were you thinking trade? Everybody was. Everybody. I can't believe how good that kid's been. Yeah, different can't environment. You know, new address. He's playing great ball. He's at the right places. He's had what two pick sixes yeah. and a fumble return. And they they they're essentially. He's he's playing the Troy Polamalu role. Yeah. They're letting him freelance. They're letting him move all over the place. He comes to the box. He plays center field. He just ball hawks, man. And he's he he took his opportunity and he's running with it. That's a really good team right now. Oh yeah, he's uh, they're playing well defensively. Yeah, uh, the Rams have a lot of problems too. I mean, every time you watch a game, though, as a fan, talking to Joe, our fantasy football expert on the Greek Zone nine forty wins. Always appreciate you listening. We're in studio, which is always sponsored by Off Lease Only, OffLeaseOnly dot com. Uh, you look at a game and you say, well, is the Steeler defense that good? Which they are, but man, that Ram offense again. They have the Atlanta Falcons. They got that Super Bowl hangover. Yeah. Uh, their defense last year had a guy start at 11. There's only four left. Um, their just, offensive line is decimated it, yeah. right now. And golf I and Gurley are not playing good. They're just not. They yeah. gave them both big contracts. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. It is the Greek zone. It is a Tuesday afternoon. If you got a question for Joe, he's going to be on with us. 866 8010940. That's the number to call. Get into the Greek zone. We'll be back in a few minutes. Peace.